There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Story time. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. We were just a bunch of friends looking for a good time in Wyoming. The idea of camping by some random lake seemed like a solid plan. So, we parked our RV and set up camp as the sun went down. 
Everything was cool until nightfall. That's when things got weird. We heard some splashing in the lake, but we figured it was just some critters doing their thing. No big deal, right? Later on, Mark decides to check out the noise with a flashlight. Next thing we know, he's screaming bloody murder. We all rush out and see this messed up humanoid thing hunched over him. It had glowing eyes, fangs, the whole horror show. We booked it back to the RV, leaving Mark behind. The thing followed us for a bit, howling like a banshee. We hightailed it out of there, and that creature was just standing by the lake, watching us go. We never talked much about what happened. It's like we all saw a ghost or something. The lake had some messed up secret, and we were damn lucky to make it out in one piece. But that creature, man, it's etched in our minds forever. We're just glad to be alive and far away from that Wyoming nightmare. When I was younger, around 14 or 15 years old, my family used to RV camp at a state park. Every night my friend and I would walk through the woods. We called this the ritual this particular night we decided to walk further into the woods than usual. We had flashlights be we liked to try and navigate through the woods with them turned off. We were about half a mile from the nearest campsite when we heard soft whispering behind us. Obviously we hit the flashlights and spun around. Didn't see anything. So we kept walking and we hear it again. This time we stop and look around a bit before we decided to head back to our campsite. Then we see what's whispering. It's a lady crawling on the ground whispering just random words. She was wearing dark clothes and was covered in dirt. When she sees that we notice her she stands up and declares that she is looking for her campsite. We ended up walking her back to the campground and tried helping her find her group. Turns out she was just super drunk or high and got lost trying to find a bathroom. Her friends didn't even notice she was missing and if we didn't go that far into the woods she would have been lost all night. It was pretty creepy. I was RV camping in a valley by myself with no cell service. I stayed late on a trail and ran into a nice local dude as it was getting dark. He showed me a local camping spot close to the road and the river, but camouflaged. I had a fire, drank beer, and listened to my friend's comedy podcast. I was loud and visible. Because it was dark already I decided to sleep in the back of my truck under my topper next to all of my gear as opposed to setting up my tent. The next morning I made a fire, cracked a beer, and started making breakfast. Then I noticed that there is a man at the edge of my camp. He comes closer, but never looks directly at me. This dude looks homeless has a long ratty beard and has at least a hundred plastic grocery bags tied all over his clothes. I comment about how nice the day is. No response from him. I offer him breakfast, nothing. He sort of paces around the perimeter of my camp. I offer him a beer. But he just turns around. The dude is just standing there back to me wandering around. I'm realizing that there isn't going to be any good happenings. I had my bear spray and buck knife super close. I give him an ultimatum, mother F, you are either going to acknowledge me or leave immediately. He ignores me. I grab the bear mace and walk a few steps towards him. 
He sulked away and I threw my ass in my truck and left that place right quick. I wonder if he had watched me during the night and I thank my laziness for staying in my truck instead of a tent. Went RV camping in Ginny Springs in Florida about 10 years ago and sometime at night I heard that sound you hear in movies or TV of a huge tree falling. Didn't think anything of it. About 10 minutes later I started hearing lots of people talking outside my tent so I got out and discovered the tree fell on someone's tent kind of close by and killed them. A helicopter had to come and airlift them out. While fishing, we heard something following us around the lake. As we came to a meadow, it continued to go up and around the top of the meadow while staying in the timber. As we started around the lake again, it came much closer to us. It was very heavy, and we could hear it breaking small jack pine as it walked around us. Will was standing on a windfall to my right. When he turned to look behind him, he said he could see something brown about 50 yards back into the timber. So, we picked up and got out of there. As we left, it followed us up to the top of the trail about a quarter of a mile, then it disappeared. As we fished around the lake, we saw no animal tracks and heard no birds until we got to the top of the trail. I was heading up the trail on a slight incline when I reached a fork. That's when I noticed the smell, not too bad at that point and not something I dwelled on. Opting for the left fork, there was a bend in the trail that I had to navigate. As I rounded the turn, I spotted an area of the forest to my left, a different color from the rest. Focusing on that spot, I realized what it was, the creature was standing behind a bush, just next to a tree. It seemed like it had either stepped out from hiding or ducked behind the tree or bush, freezing when it saw me. I was downwind, which made sense given the dense forest of pine trees and two to three feet high bushes. The creature struck me as not as tall or big as I expected, though still larger than me. It was warmer in color, more reddish than dark brown or black, giving off a youthful vibe. The most striking feature was its human-like eyes, intelligent and far from animal-like. Despite the instant observation, I didn't break my stride. Remembering a film about tribes in Africa tying their self-worth to jungle invisibility, I thought it might be better if I pretended not to notice. It was about 20 feet away, and I kept my eyes off it, walking ahead like I was oblivious. This was one of the scariest things I'd ever done, my heart pounding. I passed within 10 to 12 feet, keeping it in my peripheral vision, never daring to look directly. As I walked an additional 5 to 6 steps, I heard rustling and turned, fearing it was coming after me. It wasn't. It had crossed the trail, disappearing into the woods. I glimpsed it gliding by, erect and upright on two legs, moving quickly, about four steps to clear the twenty feet. I set a speed-walking record back to my place, afraid to run lest it chased. Back then, without the internet, I couldn't share the experience. My parents and little brother didn't believe me, ridiculing my account. The next day, a friend and I went back to measure the spot, estimating its height at around 6 foot 10 inches. We found a partial footprint on the trail, marred by traffic since. 
The dense moss and pine needles or leaves on either side revealed no other traces. Days later, a local newspaper reported a sighting near our house, occurring about 12 to 14 hours before mine, 5 to 6 miles away. I'm a 22-year U.S. Army veteran. My specialty was infantry scout for most of my service. I attended one station unit training at Fort Benning, Georgia where I was taught scout skills. I was deployed to Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Bosnia, and Kosovo. At the time of this incident, I was based at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. It was in 1996 and we were going to be part of a joint training exercise at Fort Lewis, Washington. We had been there for a few weeks and were involved with various tasks, including posing as terrorists in multiple exercises. On the night of the incident, I had decided that our OP4 team should get a few hours of rest before we would go on the mission. We parked the Humvee as close as possible to the hill that I thought would be best to keep us from being noticed and climbed up the hilltop for the next day's mission. We were planning to attack on or about 5 AM. My guard shift started at midnight. Not long after the shift began we were awoken by live small arms fire. Everyone involved in this training exercise carried blanks and all had red blank adapters attached at the end of the muzzle. There's a very distinct difference in sound between live rounds and blank rounds. The firing was about 350 to 400 meters from our location on the opposite side of the hill where, according to the war map, no unit was to be. Within moments of the firing starting there was a very loud roar. I had previously heard a lion's roar and this was much louder. You could feel it. The guys and I were scared. The weapon fire lasted 30 seconds. Two of my soldiers were about to run down the hill to see what was going on. I had to stop them. We gathered our M16S and night vision goggles and cautiously proceeded down the hill going from tree to tree to hide. There were a few bright flashlights we could see as we approached. One of my team was on the radio when suddenly another soldier shouted out movement up on the hill. We got caught and we were told to reveal ourselves and approach. That's when we saw the opposing squad in front of us. Laying in front of the squad were two Sasquatch. The male was obviously dead and the female was breathing heavily, spitting out and choking on her blood. The squad took our weapons and night vision goggles and the one talking identified himself only as a captain. He was talking loudly and was upset that we were there. Much of what was said at first didn't register with us because we were looking at the two Sasquatch. The male was sprawled on his back. The female soon succumbed to her wounds and stopped breathing. My team and I were in shock at what we were seeing. The captain who was talking to me got right up into my face to get my attention. I noticed an awful odor coming from the creatures. Once the shock wore off I took a real close look at these men in the opposing squad. Their equipment and weapons were not standard issue. I soon realized that they were Delta Force because of the helmets they were wearing. About 5 minutes later, a colonel came up and gave us a butt chewing. We were moved down the hill but before that, the Delta Force was prepping the Sasquatch for extraction. A Black Hawk Hilo came in low and hovered above. We later traveled for about two hours until we arrived at a location where we were ushered into a room where we waited for over an hour. The Colonel and other military officers, 
including the Delta Force captain, came in and gave us direct orders not to speak of this matter and that if it was discovered that we did we'd be facing UCMJ disciplinary action. They really put the fear of God in us. We were told that our battalion commander was informed of us interfering with their training mission and we were to return to the TOC after we were debriefed. Since I was the only NCO of the group I was threatened with having my career ruined if I ever spoke of this again. Sometime later we were loaded up on a 5-ton truck under guard and driven back to the hill where all of this took place. We were allowed to gather our stuff from the hilltop and followed to the TOC's current location. The truck following us just continued moving on down the road. We were given another butt chewing by our battalion commander. That incident has eaten at me for all these many years since it occurred. I wanted to climb the roof of my house and shout it out loud but the fear of reprisal from the army or the government kept me from doing so. I kept thinking that some government man was listening to podcasts to see if any military or government affiliate ever came on the shows and spilled the beans about what goes on. I don't know why those Sasquatch were hunted and killed. I just remember her labored breathing and seeing tears rolling down her face as she died. Several things also are not included in this letter to you because it would be a book more or less. I just wanted to state the most important things about this incident. I just needed to get it out in the open and set myself free from this. It's been 28 years and whatever happens, well, it happens. Safari Guide here. Woke up one morning, with something very warm, rather soft and comfy on my back. Realized my back was against the canvas of the tent. Realized it was an animal. It was a really cold winter night, temperatures dropped close to zero here in the low veld. WTF? As I moved a bit, I heard the voice from my buddy, from his tent. He spoke a bit hushed, and with a definite tremble in his voice, the Africa bug are you awake? Stupid me replied with a strong voice, yes. The animal next to me got up, and, luckily, ran away. It was a big male lion. Four of us scouts had sneaked out of camp for a bit of clandestine adventure. It was a moonlit night, and we found ourselves on the southernmost edge of camp, right next to a rancher's field. Huddled together, we sat in the darkness, hidden from the watchful eyes of our scout leaders. The night was silent, save for the chirping of crickets and the rustle of leaves in the gentle breeze. The full moon cast an ethereal glow over the landscape, revealing the vastness of the rancher's field before us. As we exchanged quiet laughs and hushed stories, our attention was abruptly drawn to something extraordinary. In the moonlit expanse of the field, we saw a massive bipedal figure, standing at an imposing seven to eight feet tall. It moved with an eerie grace, a silhouette against the illuminated night. Its steps were deliberate as it traversed the rancher's field, casting elongated shadows in its wake. In awe, we watched as this mysterious figure crossed the road, disappearing briefly into the shadows before re-emerging on the other side. Unfazed by our presence, it continued its nocturnal journey, making its way down to the nearby river. For what felt like an eternity, we sat in stunned silence, our hearts pounding in our chests. 
The encounter with the towering biped left us both fascinated and terrified. As it vanished into the night, we mustered the courage to stay put for another 30 minutes, processing the surreal experience we had just shared. Eventually, we gathered ourselves and made our way back to camp, careful to avoid detection. The night had gifted us a glimpse into the unknown, a mysterious encounter etched into our memories. The next morning, as we joined our fellow scouts around the campfire, we exchanged knowing glances, united by the secret we had witnessed beneath the watchful glow of the full moon. I spent about a week helping my uncle with his claim. I operated the dredge while he worked on the sluice box. One day, he called me over to the shore, handed me the binoculars, and pointed to a stump we had visited earlier on the hillside, which had been clear-cut, across the river and approximately 150 to 250 yards away. Through the binoculars, I could see a figure that looked like a squatch standing by the stump. The stump was about 4 feet tall, reaching just below his waist. The squatch stood there, observing us for about 20 minutes. There wasn't much movement, just some swaying. Abruptly, he turned and walked over the ridge top, disappearing from our view. He returned the next two days, standing and watching us around the same time each day. However, for the last three days we were there, he didn't show up at all. My uncle later mentioned that it had appeared off and on, but he had chosen to ignore its presence. It was about two years ago, I was going up to my mother-in-law's house to pick up my husband after him and his brother had finished working on his jeep. It was already dark, I was coming up the back way to her house which is mostly all gravel roads through farmland. I had just gotten off the black top and passed a big farm when this thing jumped from one side of the creek behind the farm across the road in front of me to the other side which was a field and woods. I stopped the car, first I thought maybe it was a donkey, but it was too big and fast, and the tail on it looked more like a dog. I tried to make sense of it, it was grey so it wasn't a deer or cow, and it wasn't a horse. There were no hoof beats, it was quiet and fast. I haven't seen anything again but there have been reports of dogs missing and killed, also the farm where this thing came from used to have cows, but now they don't have them anymore. This is from Hawk Point, Missouri. I saw three of them dogmen, eating something big and bloody, in a field. They saw me, stopped eating, and followed me back to the farm when I got out of there. This happened more than 50 years ago. It was forbidden to talk about, in the family, lest the neighbors think we were cracked pots. Now, all the old folks are gone and I've told my children about what I saw that day. They said I should write it down, but I think I'll leave that up to them to do. There were other strange things going on in the area, but at the time, we didn't connect them together. If the aunts and uncles did know what was going on, they wouldn't tell us kids. It's been cathartic to talk about and I'm so pleased to see that others have seen them too, but I have to tell you, to think back on something I've tried to forget, for over 50 years, is terrible. It was so frightening, I haven't been able to get a good night's sleep, thinking back on all that gore and those things' faces. 
I truly believe they would have eaten me if they hadn't already just eaten. When I finally told where and what had happened, I was called a bald-faced liar and given a good beating. Then, the folks went to the field and to the truck that I hid in and saw the gore, blood, scratches, prints, and all. Later, an uncle up the road, about five miles, had these prints come up to his house. He took pictures of them and there was a newspaper article about some sort of huge cat, prowling around. I don't know if that has anything to do with those critters or not. A neighboring farm that was owned by a wealthy family, compared to us, had a prized bull go missing. I bet that had something to do with those things. He was a huge thing and very ornery. They never found a trace. I know this is choppy and not very clear, but it still makes me nervous to talk about it, after all this time. I was rolling the trash cans out, for pickup the next day. It was late, so I grabbed a flashlight. I walked out the back door, unlocked the gate, and was dragging the can, while walking backwards. As I passed the fence, it blocked my view of my neighbor's garage. That's when my light hit this wolf creature. I froze instantly. The creature was about 20 feet away and I could clearly see that it was crouching. When our eyes met, it turned to its right and fell to all fours and left my neighbor's driveway, in one jump. That driveway is about 12 feet wide. The creature was about 8 feet tall and maybe 300 pounds. It looked kind of thin around the waist, but it was very muscular. I dropped the trash can and panic set in. I ran inside, grabbed my gun, and locked myself in my room. I've never felt fear like that before. When the light hit its eyes, they were a vibrant, yellow color. His fur was short and charcoal colored. I could hear the clicking of his claws, when he dropped down, on all fours. I thought I was seeing things. I didn't sleep a wink that night. It made me really question my sanity. Furthermore, it made me seek a concealed carry weapons permit. Just a few nights ago, I heard something whimpering, when it was just starting to get dark. I slammed my window shut and hit the lights. I laid in bed, with my AR-15 that night. Just thought I would report this as a potential dogman hearing, not sighting. Multiple co-workers of mine in a Shelby County, Tennessee, medical facility have heard a strange creature screaming or making crystal clear sounds behind facility. It is well lit, fenced, but there are woods behind and also a river bottom near. Three separate people have heard the noise, two together, one at an earlier time, last summer. This most recent event happened within the last month. When discussing it, the third person confided that they had also heard the noise in the pre-dawn house, while getting something from their vehicle and couldn't believe it so they had never mentioned it to anyone. After hearing the details of what the other two heard, the third person confided. All three are medical professionals, have outdoor experience and could not identify the creature making the sounds. They described it as being loud, crystal clear, and even though it was from an obvious distance, the call was loud enough to be heard clearly, from within a running car, with defroster blowing. This occurred at twilight, near 6 to 7 am. Also, since this occurred near shift change, there were several ladies coming into work, 
who obviously heard the noise too and rushed inside the building, as observed by the two who were leaving. In 1969, I was nine years old and lived about half a mile down the road from an old church and cemetery. There were two other old houses there, no one lived in. There were strange things happening quite often around where we lived back then. I remember one of the strange things that happened, very well. My dad worked evenings, from 3 p.m. until 11 p.m., just three miles down the road from our house. My mom, sister, and I had just gone to bed, when we started to hear a bumping sound on the back of the house. My sister and I ran from the bedroom we shared, in the back of the house, to the front of the house, where mom and dad's bedroom was. My sister and I were scared, so mom let us sleep with her, until dad came home at 11, that night. Their bedroom had two windows, side by side, on the front of the house, above the porch. You could see through the curtains at night, due to the street light out front. We were lying there after not hearing any more noise, when all of a sudden, we heard something on the front porch. Mom saw it first, and sat up in bed. That made my sister and I notice her staring out the window. When we turned our gaze from mom to the window, we saw what looked like a very large dog on the front porch. It was walking to the front door upright, on its back legs. When it reached the front door, it shook it violently. It was as tall as the door and we could see it scratching at the screen door with its front paws. It remained there for what seemed like 15 minutes, but it was probably only a minute, or two. Mom didn't say a word for the first minute, or two. She just shushed us, until it turned and walked about 10 feet, to the steps, on its back legs. Just before it reached the steps and went down them, it went down on all four legs. Mom told us to go back to sleep and we eventually did. I don't remember her telling my dad, but I do remember this well. It was six, to six half feet tall, while standing upright, on its back legs. You could see all of its facial features. Its ears, snout, and its head. Those features made it resemble a German Shepherd. We hadn't seen anything that looked or acted like that thing in the area before that night. A lot of strange things happened there. I can't say it was a dog man, but it did walk on its back legs, for several feet. Another time, when I was young, my sister, who I shared the back bedroom with at the time, was at our grandma's house, spending the night. I had gone to bed, but wasn't asleep yet. Mom had my bedroom window open, so air could get in. It was hot that night. The back of our house was high off the ground. Consequently, the bottom of my bedroom window was eight feet off the ground. I had been lying there, on my back, when I rolled over onto my stomach, toward the window. My foot went off the bed on the window side and wound up being only a few inches from the window. All of a sudden, something touched my foot. I don't remember if it grabbed my foot or what, but the screen ripped, the curtain fell, and I scrambled off the bed, and out of my bedroom, into the living room, where mom was. She had heard the commotion and saw that I was frightened. She asked me what was wrong, so I told her what had happened. She went into my bedroom and saw the hole in the screen and that the curtain was down. She also saw how it was hanging halfway out the window. She didn't know what to think, 
So she called dad home from work. He came home to check it out and walked around the house, before coming in. He said he hadn't seen anything. At first, he didn't believe mom. It wasn't until he saw that the curtain was hanging out the window that he believed her. He couldn't figure it out. We didn't have any problems with prowlers. At first, they thought I had stuck my foot through the screen. I don't think that's what happened, because I wasn't sleeping yet. I just couldn't have done that. I've always been super creeped out by this experience, and I've thought for a long time about posting it. It wasn't until I told one of my friends this story that they pointed out this might be a men in black type of story. Anyways, here we go, forgive my grammar errors. It was my middle brother's 10th birthday party, so this was 2006, and the woods I grew up in were Seneca Creek Park, which is also where Blair which supposedly took place. My brother's birthday party had a pirate theme, and my mom had given us chocolate coins for treasure. I don't really remember why, but all the boys at the party, myself, and my mom walked through the woods before having cake. My youngest brother, Jesse, six at the time, told me when we got back to the house that he left his coins by the bridge in the woods. That part of the woods was where a fort came in the path, left was the bridge leading to a walking trail, and right was deeper on the path headed near the creek. So, I decided I would go and find his coins and told him to come with me. Oddly enough, my mom warned us not to go, but we still did, and she let us? The bridge was about a five-minute walk from the bottom of our hill that was our backyard. We walked into the woods, and everything was normal, just like it was when we were there with the group. We finally made it to the bridge, and I found Jesse's coins right away. I was bent down, and Jesse was behind me. When I looked up while grabbing the coin, there was a man in all white with a white brim hat. I thought it was a cowboy hat, and then a man behind him wearing all white too but no hat. They appeared out of nowhere, and I started backing up right away when I saw the first man because I felt pure fear. He saw me scared and backing off, and he said, I don't bite. That's when I told Jesse to run and I was screaming run, and we ran home. I didn't even check to see if they were following us, but we ran all the way out of the woods and up the hill, screaming because the group, plus my mom, was on the back deck, and I knew if the men knew people were listening for us, maybe they wouldn't chase us. We told the boys and my mom what happened, and my mom said, see, I told you so, and that was it. It was so scary, and they truly came out of nowhere just appeared. My brother remembers this as vividly as I do. Has anyone ever encountered men in all white in the woods? I never really knew what this all meant, but it was so creepy, and this is probably the best place to try and figure it out. Thanks for reading this far, I'll try to answer any questions. Okay. I'm sharing this story in hopes of someone else having another one and I then will have this one out in the open. I was traveling Highway 10, from the west coast, to the south coast of Florida. I was with my six kids, and pulling a trailer with all of my belongings and three dogs in it. I was in a big SUV, and it was around 2 a.m. The kids were all asleep, and my 13-year-old daughter was in the passenger seat, to make sure I stayed awake. 
So, after traveling Highway 10 for three days, I had decided since we reached Florida, we would cut through the state, to save some time. So, we got off Highway 10 on an off-road, in hopes of getting gas and making up some time. It was along Route 27, Apalachicola National Forest. We came to the first little gas station. It was closed. I was nervous, because we needed gas. So, we continued on. I told my daughter to keep an eye out for deer crossing the two-lane, deserted highway. Because, hitting a deer could kill us all and turn us over, due to the trailer we were pulling. We were traveling around 45 miles per hour. I remember this so clearly, like it was yesterday. But it was three years ago. We had our brights on, because the road was dark and winding. A few houses were on that highway, but not many. As we came around a corner, in the headlights, on the road, there was a lot of blood. Fresh blood. And on the side of the road was this six or seven foot tall creature. It was on its hind legs, hunched over a dead deer, eating it. It did not look up. Not even when my headlights hit it. It was using its arms like a human, eating the deer. It had a very muscular body, pointed ears and a long muzzle. If you ever saw a werewolf, this was it. It had a skinnier lower body, but used its arms and hands just like a human. If it looked up, I would have died. I looked over at my daughter. We were both seeing the same thing, at the same time. Tears came to my eyes instantly, and at the same time, we both said, werewolf. I sped up, because I was scared. It would run and jump on the trailer and kill my dogs. As we got about a mile away, my heart was beating so hard. My daughter and I were so freaked out. It was a werewolf. I have never been a believer in werewolves. I don't watch any werewolf movies or have any reason to make this up. And as a matter of fact, until today, I have only told a handful of people about this. There is a werewolf in Florida. Not sure of the exact town or road, but I wish I did know, so I could find out if we were the only ones to have seen this thing. I will live my life wondering. It was between Alabama to Florida, along the panhandle. I will never forget this night ever. In the summer of 2012, three friends and I traveled to Red River Gorge in Kentucky for a two-day Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hike. 
We were excited about the adventure and looked forward to the rejuvenating weekend. The first day was a joy. The sights and sounds of the woods were captivating and pulled me into a state of calmness and admiration for the wildlife around me. At the halfway point of the trek, we decided to make camp at the bottom of a steep hill near a creek bed. The evening came and after sharing our observations of the day with one another we headed off to our tents. I lay there alone in my one-man tent. I had the tiniest bit of fear creep up on me, that gnaw on my brain, but I eventually fell asleep. I don't really recall having any dreams but I did have an experience I can't quite rationalize. I felt I was being abruptly pulled out of my tent by what seemed to be a man. It terrified me but I wasn't able to fight. I was so scared I couldn't do anything. I thought I was dead at that point. The next thing I remember is waking up screaming. I was still in my tent and it didn't appear that anyone had been anywhere near me. It was early morning at this time and I was wide awake, so I went out of my tent to make a fire. I felt this presence the entire morning, that pestered me and gave me anxiety. I didn't want to be there anymore. I felt like someone was staring aggressively at me. My friends woke up shortly after and I shared with them what I'd just experienced. There was support and understanding but I was on edge the rest of the morning. It wasn't until we neared the end of our hike that day that I began feeling a sense of relief. I went back to Red River Gorge since then. I still enjoy hikes but I won't be sleeping alone in the woods anymore. That's what I got. It doesn't bother me so much anymore. I write it off as just a bad dream but it was just such a bizarre experience. I thought I'd share it. I had my doubts of what it could've been. Thought it was a bear at first glance. But the aggressive behaviors, and footprints don't lie. All of the evidence I've found points at Dogman. So the first night this all started was a few months ago. I was woke up one morning by something tapping on the window to my bedroom, sounded like a fingernail on the glass. Light tapping, but enough to wake me. I woke up, made some coffee, and grabbed a glass of water and went outside. I sat down and had a smoke, and heard some odd noises. Weird like clicking sound, not cicadas or grasshoppers, amused to those. Then about five minutes later a growling sound. Very deep but short. This was around 3 a.m. Coffee was done about 20 minutes later, so I grabbed a cup and went back outside to my porch. I took my first sip and I heard this blood-curdling scream about 150 feet behind my porch, maybe the next block over. I finished my coffee and am walking inside, just as I open my glass slider, something attacks my porch door, beat the hell out of it for almost 5 minutes straight. Scared the hell out of me. I rushed inside, got another cup of coffee, and waited about 20 minutes looking out the kitchen window to see if anything was there. Being that my backyard is completely dark, am not sure what I expected, but I gave up waiting and went back outside. I sit down, and am drinking my coffee and I hear what sounds like my neighbor's new aluminum fence getting the crap beat out of it. Am looking on my side and nothing, my guess is, it went to the other side of his property, to beat the hell out of the panels. It stopped quickly. And that was that. No noise for the rest of morning. Fast forward two months, Thanksgiving 2020. 
Im woken again at 3 a.m., same nails on the window event. My dogs haven't barked either time, so I'm suspicious. Make my way outside, coffee ready, I phone up in case there is something there, and nothing. I'm talking on the phone with my trucker buddies about what happened before Thanksgiving and they don't have a clue. Mind you, we all grew up in these woods, well before the internet was invented. So we naturally played in the woods. About two hours goes by, and the sun is up enough that I can kinda make out this shape in the woods behind my house. It's about 5 feet 5 inches and just standing in this position for a good 45 minutes. I managed to get a picture of it, but it's poor quality. The rest of the day, and that night, will live with me forever. Not two hours later, I heard this tree branch snap off and something crashed to the ground, something heavy. No mistaking that sound for a tree falling over. Turns out, a tree on the edge of my neighbor's property, about 25 feet up, a large branch about 5 inches diameter is just twisted off and snapped like a twig. It's still hanging there. It doesn't even touch the ground but it's about 12 feet long. I did have a look in the woods for Abbott to see if I could find anything, it's it's mostly one obvious human trail that is used often, two to three small animal trails, and a really crappy makeshift trail with broken trees littering the outline of the sides of the trail. Quite Abbott of big stuff to climb over, logs piled like I've seen and heard about odd like teepee shape, and several grass beds throughout the woods. One was recent. The others didn't look too comfortable. So I get done exploring and go inside for a drink and go out to my garage where I can work on stuff I've been doing for a while. We recently moved to this house, so stuff isn't quite unpacked yet. As I'm going through the boxes and stuff I hear this loud ruckus coming from the small .25 acre plot across the street from me. Something big is moving the palmetto bushes, and there was a large dead tree. Knocked down before, but something cracked it open and was eating the grubs, I assume. The sound quickly went away. I heard whatever it was, run north towards the canal which is super close. Maybe 90 feet from my driveway. Fast forward to 10 pm, I'm still in my garage, but the door is closed this time. I accidentally banged on the garage door, and I heard something on the other side bang back, me thinking it's my kids being the teenagers they are, I bang again, I heard this really loud growl. I run out of my garage and through the house to the outside part, the trash cans are open, and my Thanksgiving turkey carcass, which was in a box, had been taken. But the rancid smell stayed. I followed the smell to my backyard and called a buddy who's seen stuff in the woods, and he tells me to be calm, and move slow. I turn off my porch light, and am sitting out there smoking a cigarette, I hear my bushes on the corner of the house being brushed loudly, I turn around and I heard something large trample the grass down the side of my yard. The neighbor's dog is going crazy barking at it. So I'm not stupid enough to chase it into the street, where's it gonna go? I stayed on my porch and waited. This big 6 feet plus blackish thing runs by from the other side of my house and runs behind my neighbor's house. His security lights kicked on and it ducked behind their above-ground pool. It's crouched over and I can see it. Twice the width of me, easily 400 to 500 pounds. The following day I found a foot or paw print in a abandoned anthill in my yard that I had exterminated weeks prior. 
The morning dew ruined the footprint the next morning, but I have a picture for size comparison. What makes me think it's a dogman? We have a marsh close by that's about 20 by 20 square miles in size with no trails or roads in or out. There is a waterway within 100 feet of my house that is 12 to 15 feet deep. I grow a lot of my own vegetables and fruits, and some have come up missing. As far as the woods behind my house go, there are several trails, some are obviously human as they are used frequently by neighbors, however there are small animal trails which are obvious, and then there are the trails that don't make any sense. They zigzag through bramble vine areas, they are hard to navigate, the trees surrounding the trails are all mostly broken off or leaning like a Bigfoot would do. I haven't found any structures yet or any markers, no bones. I have received a gift a pile of leaves on my doorstep one morning. The leaves are from plants in my backyard and have no possible way of magically appearing there. My location is Lehigh Acres, Florida 33971. On or about September 3, 2008, on a clear, sunny day around 11 a.m., I was driving north on Highway 680 between Fremont and Pleasant in California. Just at the Highway 84 off-ramp, I looked up when something large caught my eye and what I saw was a small pterosaur flying about 30 feet above my car. Talk about driver distraction. It flew directly over me, perpendicular to my direction heading east toward Livermore. The reason I can estimate its distance from me is that it appeared to be about 10 feet above the top of the traffic cam located at Highway 680 or 84 Junction which I was approaching at that moment. The creature looked very similar to the paintings of the Ropen of Indonesia and Papua. I would estimate it had about a 3 to 5 foot wingspan. It was light tan, all leathery skin, and the most astonishing thing was that it had no feathers. I could see the wrinkles and texture of its skin moving over its bones as it flew. The eyes were very large, round eyes, and it appeared to be young, or at least I had that impression because of its size and some of its features like the tail and the bump on the back of its head were not as developed as those depicted of adult ropen or pterosaurs. I thought it probably flew at night because of the size of its eyes, which were perfectly round and huge, much, much larger than an owl's, for example. The eyes probably took up 40% plus of its cranial facial area. As my rational mind was striving to take this all in, I wondered why it was flying in daylight, though it did not seem to be alarmed by anything. The wings were triangular, slightly rounded at the tips, but I did not see any hands attached to the wings as these creatures are sometimes portrayed. The back of its triangular-shaped head came to a rounded point, jutting out a few inches. Its tail was not much more than a pointed stump. It had a fairly broad triangular-shaped beak that was longer than the bump at the back of its head, perhaps about 10 to 12 inches. Again, I was surprised at the breadth of its beak because it differed from drawings I've seen in books. But this was no pelican, bat, or anything else I'd ever seen flying through the sky it had no feathers. As it flew, its clawed feet hung down slightly, from its body positioned more toward the middle of its underside, i.e., they were not positioned at the back of the body under the tail, nor were they attached to the wings. Its large claws were slightly curled and facing backward. 
I thought it looked a bit clumsy as it flew, in that its feet and legs were not tucked up tight against the body during flight like birds, they were just dangling down. I recall there were three visible toes. I was so shocked, but also felt awe and excitement and wanted to pull over to watch it. But, alas, I had to force myself to take my eyes off of it and mind the driving. It would have been a dangerous place to stop on that busy freeway, let alone to get out of the car, and by the time I could have pulled over, the hills would have blocked the view in the direction it was flying, and of course, it would be far away by then. I witnessed this creature for 6 to 8 seconds before I had to tear my gaze away, but that was enough time to absolutely know I was looking at something very, very strange, something I had only seen in books about dinosaurs. I have a keen interest and curiosity about nature and the nature of reality, cryptozoology, metaphysics, and spirituality. Some would consider me a good observer. This experience felt like a privilege to have been a witness to a secret aspect of our natural world. Perhaps I somehow briefly interfaced with another dimension, but it was as real and third-dimensional as any other animal. I told a couple of family members about it and most of them do not believe me, but I know what I saw. It's exciting and validating to read that more sightings of similar creatures are emerging in many locations. I, 63 years old and enjoying my retirement, was strolling with my two dogs from my trailer home to a nearby farm when a peculiar event unfolded. A circular-shaped spaceship with a dome and portholes, measuring 40 to 50 feet in diameter and 12 to 14 feet high, hovered just a few feet off the ground in a field before me. The strange thing was that I found myself unable to move, as if frozen in place, and it seemed the same applied to my dogs and the cattle in the field. To my surprise, a hatch in the spaceship opened, extending a ramp. Seven peculiar-looking humanoids, five men and two women, emerged, each about five feet tall. The first one cautiously stepped down, as if testing the ground's solidity, and the others followed suit. Two took up sentry positions at the hatch. These beings were all hairless, with skin described as as white as a flour sack. Their noses were sharp and turned up, their ears pointed, and they lacked necks. Notably, one man and one woman were completely nude, while the rest wore beautifully crafted clothing with silk-like shoes featuring pointed, turned-up toes. Approaching me cautiously, the humanoids subjected me to a strange physical examination. They placed a skullcap on my head, connected by cords to a hoop with dials. They also examined me by dropping my trousers and lifting my shirt, passing the hoop over my body. Meanwhile, a loud voice emanated from the object, bizarrely declaring three times, I am Jimmy Hoffa. The fourth repetition was abruptly cut off, and the voice fell silent. Upon completing the examination, all but two men returned to the craft. The remaining two walked about 10 feet away and engaged in what appeared to be a conference. Their voices were shrill, and though I couldn't comprehend their words, I thought I heard the term Jupiter. I got the impression they were deliberating whether or not to take me on board. In the end, they did not, and the leader signaled farewell by passing his palm across his chest. They re-entered the ship, closed the hatch, and took off. I observed the object rising to 75 feet, 
and in a blink, it vanished from sight. At that moment, the paralysis lifted, and I sprinted directly to my next-door neighbor. In my heightened state of excitement, all I could manage to say was spaceship. They rushed me to a hospital, where I was treated for hysteria. About 10 years ago, I used to get up every morning and run on a solitary back road on the naval base I was stationed at around 3.30 to 4 to get my day started. No one was ever on the road when I was, and I never told anyone I did this. One day while on this run, I notice a chubby dude about my age jog onto the road I'm on about 50 yards behind me and start running and don't really think anything of it, just keep my headphones in and keep running. 3 to 5 minutes go by and I look over my shoulder and this kid is huffing and puffing looking like he's trying to catch me, I assumed he was just competing with me or using me as a guideline so I slowed down a little for him and when he got up to my left shoulder he did the take your headphones out indication while smiling huge. Wheezing, he says is your name, first name, I said yeah. He said, first name, last name, I said yeah. And he looked genuinely excited, and said holy s. No way. And ran off into the morning. I have sat on this for 10 years, I've told a few friends to try and make sense of it, I had never seen that guy in my life, he knew my name, it felt extremely off. Either this was an extremely elaborate but seeming pointless joke by my friends, but no one knew I ran there or at that time, and seems unlikely someone would go through the effort at 0330 with no immediate payoff at 22 to 23 years old. This is a true story, if you have any ideas or theories, hit me. So for context I'm a hospital security officer. We have a decent amount of grounds around our community hospital consisting of woods, and old golfing grounds as this whole property used to be a good course. Which we patrol in a Polaris as it is now a walking trail. We often take post on the trail in certain spots to catch those doing what they shouldn't be. For reference I live in South Centralish PA, and the northwest side of our property has always kinda given me a weird vibe. I pulled off into a new spot. It's an odd little path that leads into the woods, I backed in. I turned off the vehicle and immediately started to feel paranoid. I told myself I was fine and it was all in my head. But I kept feeling the need to check my mirrors, and look around. I sat there for about 15 minutes if even. I had the driver's window down for fresh air until I heard this noise as if it was heavy breathing coming right below my window. I froze for a moment but immediately cranked the window up and drove off. I had tears in my eyes, there were no animals, nothing big enough to sound like that. I haven't been out to do my rounds on the trail since this. It was one thing when the trail in this end gave me bad vibes but to have experienced this has made it more uncomfortable. I did not go far I looked back and nothing, checked my mirrors and surrounding as I pulled away. I turned around and immediately looking around where I was. I saw nothing. I have had paranormal and unexplained experiences since I was a small child, so this is not new to me as far as that. But the heavy breathing I can still hear if I think about it and it still has me uncomfortable. I've lived near the woods for most of my life. 
Some woods felt weird, others felt fine, but I hate being out at night in the house we live in now. The woods just ooze this creepy feeling, and I don't know how to describe it. It's fine during the day, but at night, it's weird. It's not like something's watching you or anything like that, but it's just frightening to stand near or even outside during the night. One time, I heard tapping coming from all around the house. Not at once, but like something was walking around the exterior of the house, tap, 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 tapping. Another time, I heard screams coming from the woods. They couldn't have been human screams, they were too consistent and came at regular intervals every 10 seconds or so. I thought it might be mountain lions, but they don't live in our area. I considered foxes, but they don't get that loud. I still don't know what it was, and I still get that overwhelming feeling when I walk near those woods at night to walk my dog, even though nothing has ever happened. It just freaks me out. I'd never been a big fan of camping. Circa 2012, for some reason or another, my friend and I decided to spend a Saturday night camping on private property. We had permission from the owner, on the bank of a small lake in rural America's southeast. The lake wasn't very large, probably only 50 to 150 yards across, I'm not great at estimating distance. It was more of a deep pond, but it was five times as long as it was wide, and from the perspective of our camp, it consumed the majority of our sight line. The plot of land itself wasn't entirely removed from civilization. We were 5 to 10 miles outside of a small suburb of a mid-sized southern city. It wasn't easy to access, and the only way in was a gated, narrow dirt road across a levee spanning one side of the lake. This road was gated and locked. The owner gave us his code, and we pulled the car through, locking the gate behind us. If you've ever been down south, you know how quickly it gets isolated outside of cities. Our cities are small, and the rural areas often have people living rough and wild. We have dense woods, so thick that building isn't worth it unless you have some connection or attachment to the area. I've heard it was not profitable to cut roads through a lot of it when they were building highways in the 50s, so not much development has happened in the last hundred years, and in some places, since the Civil War. It's not uncommon to go for a 30-minute drive straight out of town and come upon cabins that are obviously off the grid. My friend and I were used to living in the suburbs, so we were just happy to see stars and hear the sounds of nature. We were at our very utilitarian camp, small Coleman two-person tent and a blanket, simply looking around and enjoying the night when suddenly my buddy sat up real straight. He said something like, do you see that guy over there? He pointed to the other side of the small lake. I didn't see anything. I sat up slightly and said nah, it's just the dark playing tricks on you. He seemed actually shaken. No, look. There's a bunch of faces behind the trees now. That got my attention, and I sat up fully, rubbing my eyes to try to gain full focus. And then I saw them. Small, round, white faces stared back at me from across the lake maybe 15 to 20 of them. All were positioned in such a way that their bodies were behind the trees, and only their heads were visible. The best way I can describe the faces is like very pale, somehow internally illuminated children. I should mention that neither of us was drinking or high. 
We were too young for that, not for at least a few more years. We had eaten dinner at home and were just planning on going to sleep after chilling out for a while. The faces weren't moving. I sat there in shock, thinking that my eyes would adjust and I would see that they were a reflection, bugs, or owls. Or something. But I would never come to that realization. I stared right back at them for what felt like five minutes, looked back at my friend, and then they were gone. Bodies of water carry sound extremely well, and we heard extensive shuffling from the other side of the lake and a couple of small branches snap. It's incredible what your ears pick up on during an otherwise silent night. My buddy was tearing up a little when he said what the hell were those, and I didn't have a good answer. Neither of us slept particularly well. I definitely felt validated in my feelings of disliking camping. But what were we going to do? I tried to do some research on the internet but never found a phenomenon that could explain that. So I've been sitting on this experience a while, I guess just not wanting to make a big deal out of nothing, but after reading some of the stories here and on other related subs, I would really like an answer to what I experienced. Back in about March of this year, I went camping with a friend, my boyfriend, and three dogs. My friend slept in his tent with his dog, and I slept in my tent with my two dogs and my boyfriend. My friend's tent was about 30 feet away from ours, and we were camping in the North GA mountains off an old forest service road. We were right next to a creek. For context, I'm an experienced backpacker and am familiar with the usual nighttime sounds like rustling in the leaves, sticks breaking, cicadas, etc. I have a lot of experience camping by myself, so it's rare that I get spooked out by anything other than other humans nearby as I'm aware of the dangers of traveling solo as a woman. However, this particular night, I wake up in the middle of the night with a sense of absolute dread I've never felt before. I check my phone and it's about 3.30 to 4 AM. I really had to use the bathroom and was debating on whether I wanted to try to put my hiking boots on and venture outside to go or just try and hold it until daylight. I didn't want to wake up the dogs because if they heard me putting on my boots, they'd likely want to go outside to go to the bathroom as well. I'm still in the tent. That's when I notice it, it's almost like a hum, but not in the pleasant way where it's a tune or anything like that. It's a low-pitched hum that was reverberating throughout the campsite or forest and through my body. It had two tones. It started with a relatively higher pitch and would switch to the relatively lower pitch after a period of time. Then it would start over without a break in the sound at all. It wasn't soft either. It felt like it was covering the entire wooded area we were in. It didn't sound like an animal, a person, a machine, or anything that I've ever heard. At this point I absolutely cannot hold off on a bathroom trip any longer. I quickly put on my hiking boots and quietly tell the dogs to stay put. My boyfriend is still sleeping. I unzip the tent and go outside, and the entire campsite was covered in this spooky-ass fog, but it felt like it was my vision that was foggy, not the actual air. I couldn't see a damn thing. The two-tone humming then got louder. I do my business maybe 5 feet from my tent, sorry, but there's no way I was venturing any farther than that, 
and quickly nope the hell back into my tent and bury myself into my sleeping bag with a sweatshirt over my head to try and drown out or ignore the humming. The dogs raise their heads and growl a few times throughout this experience, but that isn't unusual for them when camping. I never saw any figures or lights in the woods, but I also was not looking for them and was trying to ignore the entire experience. Does anyone know what this humming could have been? So this happened about 7 years ago. I was around 19 to 20 and I was a scout leader. We had a camp in a forest. The nearest city was about 10 to 15 minutes drive. Every year in the end July we would have an international scout camp. Scouts from different European countries would join us. I was in the preparations team and we would go around 2 to 3 week in advance to clean and put the tents up. In the preparation team we had around 20 people. 10 to 12 men and the rest women. We were all in our late teens or early 20s. If anyone has been a scout might know that the first thing in a camp is setting up a flag. The flag is important part of this camping game. Other scouts would constantly try to steal the flag. If they managed to steal then the lost team would have to go home. This never actually happened, no one was ever sent home, it was just a rule to keep other members involved and willing to protect the flag. Therefore, we had to constantly keep an eye or a guard, team member, near the flag. Other games involved attacking other teams and kidnapping members. All fun and games nothing violent or harsh. It was fun and made us be alert 24-7. So here is where my creepy story begins. One night our preparation team was done with everything. The other two countries from Europe about 60 people were set to arrive in the morning. We had nothing to do so we set up a campfire and started singing and talking. We had our guards people from the team, set up in different locations. Two near the flag two near the entrance and two in the woods facing the river. So we were tired and decided to go sleep. We would change guards every two hours. Each guard had a whistle. If an animal or a person was to come to the camp they would blow a certain note of a whistle as to alarm danger. That night I was an hour into sleep when I heard a whistle. We all woke up and ran to the team member who had whistled. She claimed she saw three white figures running fast in the forest near the setup tents. We thought that the morning teams arrived early and sneaked in to steal the flag or kidnap a member. So we all decided to stay awake and go into defense mode. We each stood guard in different locations watching for any signs. After some time we started hearing whistles from the deeper parts of the forest. We also started hearing radio sounds from different places. We saw some guys in white shirts running around in the forest. Me and two other people decided to check the empty tents to see if there were people hiding in the empty tents but couldn't find anyone. Then we started walking around and we heard loud laughter from a bush near us. It sounded like a woman laughing. So we started laughing too as we thought we found the other scout team near the bush. Naturally we walked to the bush without any hesitation. To our horror there was no one. Then we heard more noises from another bush that was a little bit deeper in the woods. Then we heard a clear conversation between a few people speaking French in an accent. We could hear them clearly so we checked that again nothing. Then we saw a guy in white t-shirt running fast again in front of us. But his speed was weird. 
He was running so fast as if he was sliding. Keep in mind we were in woods at night with no lights. There's no way someone can run without making a noise. Bus somehow this guy's was running so quiet. It really seemed like he was just sliding. Again we still didn't feel threatened. We just had adrenaline rush but it was more excitement to catch them than anything else. After all, we just wanted a fun to begin. We were excited to see the teams again and have fun. For the next two or so hours we kept hearing whistles and whispers in French but we couldn't find a single person. It was so clear there there were a lot of people hiding around us but we couldn't catch even one of them. They were fast and so sneaky. This is important to mention that the arriving teams were not from France. So it was weird to hear them speak in French. Anyways after two hours of running in the forest in the dark I got tired. I didn't take this too seriously so myself and a couple of my friends went back into our tent to rest. I laid down and after 10 minutes saw a car light speeding towards us. This area is not designed for regular cars to arrive. None of us or other teams had cars. A bus from the near city would drop us there and pick us up after the camp was over. We heard a car coming straight towards our tents with high beams on. It was coming so fast that we were frozen expecting it to hit us any moment. It happened so fast that we couldn't even run. Then suddenly it just stopped right near our tent. We heard the door open but heard no footsteps. Whoever it was just closed the door and left. We were shaking and at that moment it hit me that it couldn't have been anyone from the other teams. We got out and learned that our other teammates also had seen a jeep speeding towards our tent. But didn't see anyone coming out of the car. After this we just decided to stay awake till morning. Throughout the entire night we kept seeing these white shirted men sliding around us. We couldn't see any faces they were fast and weird. We could hear loud laughters and French whispers all around our camp. We could tell there were a lot of strangers near the camp who were either messing around with us or had plans to hurt us. The sun came up, and the strange things stopped. We didn't manage to catch anyone or figure out who they were. In the morning the other teams arrived. We had this leaderboard meetings every afternoon where we would discuss daily plans and meals, also we would share about any planned or failed attacks. All the team leaders said they arrived in the morning so they were not even in the country at night. Up to this day I have no idea who those people were. I have no idea what they wanted or what their plans were. They never attacked or kidnapped anyone in the team. It was scary when I think of it. What would happen if we didn't have guards that night? What would happen if we were all asleep? At the end of the day this was a campsite in a wooded area. And woods can be places where cults and crazy people gather.